Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Berry, joining me virtually from Hedgesville, West Virginia, Mr. Darren Jewsberry Jr. Darren, how you have reached the a new low in your career, my friend. You have now made it to weekend radio. <laughs> where the where the listeners are made up and the ratings don't matter. Ah, oh, I love when the ratings don't matter. And so do I. It makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> This show is now one week day on weekends because of your schedule and well, it gives me time to do whatever I'm gonna do. Uh, but for the foreseeable future, we'll be on weekends. Saturday more more likely. I see no reason to do it on Sunday, but uh, we shall go with that. We'll start out with basketball actually for this new off season uh, version of the show. West Virginia suffered a major loss. On Friday, we actually reported it to you during the show on Friday, but it actually became more to light. And I say, and it wasn't a whole lot more, but it was more came to light after we were recording. Oscar Sheway has left the program. He's entered the transfer portal. And Huggins basically saying there was no chance of him ever coming back to to WVU. And he made that abundantly clear. So we we can get into the loss of Sheway in a minute, but here's my, here's my big thing. The day after that happened, West Virginia got down 19, uh, 18 at halftime to Oklahoma and lost the game. They almost came back and won it, but they didn't. And then two nights later, they got back by 19 in the second half against Oklahoma State and came back and won the game, thankfully. Mostly because OSU, just, I think they're trying to figure themselves out right now. So do we blame those two games on Sheebway, or do we blame them on something else? I mean... It, I say yes and no. Yes for the fact that – oh, no for the – I'll start with no first. No for the fact that I think this team so far this year has always had incons- – I mean has had inconsistent halves. They'll have a really good half and a mediocre to really bad half. Like it's almost distinctive in, in just about every half. I, I swear it is. Where, so they were already dealing with that even with Shibuya. Um, but when he left, you're seeing them down 20 points and having to come back both times in two straight games. That, I think, was the most serious part. Granted, again, it's a very small data set, but that suggests that they were trying to figure something out for those two games. When you get down 20 points, you don't know what you're doing. Both as a coach or a team for that moment, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> I would agree with you. I watched both games, and I... I... In the Oklahoma State game, it felt weird. They were getting blown out at halftime, but I never felt like they were out of the game. I never did. They were getting good looks. They just weren't getting in the fall. Mm-hmm. So you felt like, okay, they've had their bad first half. They're going to have a good second half, and lo and behold, that's what happened. Against Oklahoma in the first half, they looked lost. I mean, they looked like they didn't even know where the hell they were. And it's just like, guys, <clears throat> you're in Roman, Oklahoma. You're playing a Big 12 basketball game. Wake up. Yep. And they did to a certain degree in the second half, but Oklahoma was a little better than Oklahoma State. That's why they lost the game. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma was better than OSU, but they're not. It's not like it's a massive gap, but it is definitely a better team, and that's why I think did them in. I'll tell you this much: they play Texas after we get done recording here today. <clears throat> if they get down against Texas, Texas will bury them in their own building. Yep. Texas went to Kansas and whipped them up. People don't just walk into Kansas and lay a whipping on Kansas. You just exactly. don't do it. And this team did. That leads me to my next point. Is this two-game stretch the most important of the season for West Virginia? Today against number four, <clears throat> Texas, 
And on on Tuesday night, because it's the national championship game in football, which we'll get to in just a second, on Monday, uh, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. at Baylor, the number two team in the country. So you're playing two of the top four consecutive games mm-hmm. in four in four days. Is this the most important stretch of the season for West Virginia? I say yes, and b- because they've already they've already lost to a top team in in Gonzaga, and they they're, they're trying to hang around in the top ten. Now they're outside the top ten at number fourteen. Um, if they want, so if they want to prove that one, they're a contender in the Big Twelve, and two, they're a contender for a national title or even a deep run in the NCAA tournament, they need to beat these two teams. Even even just one of them, at least, because they those will be some statement wins that they'll need for their resume. If they just come in and go, oh, we, we get to the high rankings, but lose to the number one team, number four team, and the number two team all in the same year. And the number three team, we lost to and, Kansas. And the number three team. Then you're, you're sitting there going, you're not worthy of a top five spot, let, hell, let alone the top ten spot. If you can't compete with those big boys, you shouldn't be up there. So they need to have they need to have a win in one of these two games to show that they can be competitive, especially in the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve at this current moment is a a dumpster fire in a good way because everyone at the top is really good. The whole conference is good. Iowa <sighs> State's picked to finish in the bottom of the league, and they came into Morgantown and gave West Virginia a fight. Yeah, so it's a moment of. Everyone's so good that you don't know what's going to happen, and as opposed to everyone being so bad in <clears throat> FC East um, <laughs> that you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Anytime you can get a shot at the NFC East, it's a good day. I don't care who you are. I don't care what happens, it's a good day. <sighs> but you're so right. Now they, here's... Go ahead. Oh, no. I was saying, so they, they absolutely need to get a win, at, at least one win. Obviously, I want to see two, but at least one. If you had to pick which game to win, which one would you want? I, honestly, I think – so Texas is coming to WVU, right? And then yes. WVU is going, then going, and then going to Baylor. I mean, beating a Texas team that whipped on Kansas, that would be nice. That would, But at the same time, going to Baylor and beating them – that would also be honestly. It's it's tough to say what what would be right? a better one because like either one's impressive. If you beat a Texas team that beat that whipped a Kansas team that beat you, it's like it's a weird triangle. And if you beat a Baylor team at their own home court, that's always a good thing. So the, the that's Big tough. Twelve Conference, the weirdest love triangle ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I I would go with with Baylor. Because if I lose to Texas, I can go down there and, in theory, beat them. If it's a close game against Texas, like if it's a two-point game or something like that at the buzzer, okay. Yeah, I lost the home game. I don't want to. But if I go to Baylor and beat them by, like, 10, and then I go to Texas later on in the season and beat them there, I've canceled out that loss, and I've kind of made that loss at home look kind of good. Like, well, it was a close loss, and they beat yeah. up Kansas pretty good. And then, well, that's that's my reasoning, but you really can't go wrong with either game. Yeah. But of course, being the fans of Real, we want both. We don't want to choose. I want both because I'm greedy. <laughs> this team is two and two in the Big Twelve. We don't need to be at five hundred in this league. Exactly. So, <clears throat> I mentioned the. Uh, let's let's get to uh, another uh, 
uh, WVU note before we change to the broader college landscape. West Virginia has a consensus All-American for the first time in quite a while in Darius Stills. And just so everyone is clear, consensus All-American, there are six, I believe, major uh, All-American lists. And they go from like first, second, and third team All-American. And uh, if you are on a majority of these lists, you're considered a consensus All-American. If you're on all these lists, you're considered a unanimous All-American. Brees Hall from Iowa State is a unanimous All-American. I don't know which ones uh, Darius Stills missed, but to be a consensus All-American, even in a, even in a season in which you had <clears throat> Big Ten, Pac-12, uh, screwing their teams over by only playing six games, that's still impressive. But here's my question to you, sir. Do you think the Big 12 playing more games and being right there with the SEC and the ACC helped him, or do you think he would have been in regardless if it had been a normal season? I, I think he'd have been in regardless, to be honest. I mean, he's he, he's exactly what you want in a defensive lineman. I mean, he could get in there and disrupt the pass on any at any given moment. So, I mean... He's <clears throat> he had the leadership, he had the skills, he he you know he had teamwork, he had everything you want in in a player, especially a defensive player, getting in there and making plays. So, oh, it was the uh, Walter Camp that he got second team All American. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty. That can be kind of exclusive, so I don't blame them. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's WVU, okay? Let's be honest. Slide exactly. is always there. Yep. But he's he's everyone. I mean, I, I can't recall a single game that I watched where the commentators were not absolutely going head over heels for Darius Stills and even his brother. Um, and that's and that's not something you get to hear very often from commentators no, regarding WVU. So when you've got the no, commentators going head over heels about a WVU player, you know there's something right about that guy. You know what I can't wait to watch? Mel Kiper breaking down his film in the draft. I want to see Mel Kiper lose it over how good he is. Because mm-hmm. Mel Kiper loses it over every player to begin with. Like, Tom <laughs> McShay is cool. Tom McShay can, like, he's a great player. Let me show you why. Mel Kiper's like, he's a great player. He's going to be a first-round draft pick. He's going, to be the, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame in 10 years' time. He's going to, be, he's going to lead a single Super Bowl. And it's like, Mel, how many cups of coffee have you had today? Cut it, down, cut it in half, my friend. Okay? Put the red bull away. Okay, you do not need that to get through this draft. I promise you that. Particularly day uh, th- uh, three when it's rounds four through seven, and it goes on from like twelve till seven p.m. Yeah. Yeah. We oh, so this says that uh, the, uh, Stills was the first WVU defensive lineman to own a spot on the Walter Camp America All America team since nineteen twenty four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is something else. Does it say who, it, who the 1924 guy was? No, it doesn't say. Um, oh, he was also okay. second team by the Football Writers of America. But everybody else, he was first team All-America. Hey, oh, look at that, though. Oh, there were two more. Sorry. Phil Steele and the Athletic also were second team. I didn't even mm. – they were so tiny that I didn't see them. Um, so he was, like, I guess about 50-50 in terms of first team, second team. Uh, but still, that's, that's still not bad, though. That, that's that's like nine different one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, nine different All America, and he was on every one of them in some respect. So that's 
That's amazing. To be clear, though, the six that I said earlier is the official for consensus. Yeah. Bill Steele and the Athletic is just a bonus. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you make those lists, you're going to report it because it's good. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to go, eh, don't care. No, you're going to report that. Yeah. But um, let's let's stay in football and let's move on to the national championship game. We'll get into this is now now into the official NCAA championship portion of our show, and you'll understand why I said that in just a minute. First, we get to the national championship game. Alabama, last I saw, was an eight-point favorite over Ohio State. While well, I look up if that line has changed, is it at eight fair? Honestly, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week and even before. Alabama is steamrolling everybody. And I don't think Ohio State's going to be an exception. Like, uh, I'm I'm still kind of surprised Ohio State's there. However, it was a uh, it was a last week when I was paying attention to the score, I was sitting there going, you know what? I don't want Ohio State to win because I don't think they should be here. But I also don't want Clemson to win because I Clemson's annoyed me in a lot of respects this year. Uh, especially Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you have a vendetta against Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and and also, I, I want to add that while I under while I totally agreed with with Dabo Sweeney, if you're gonna make these comments public, you better back them up. And he didn't back them up at all, so he kind of deserved to get his his butt whooped. So yeah, it was very it was a very conflicting point. moment for me because I'm like, <laughs> I. I want both of them to lose. <laughs> see, see, this is what college football does. It makes you care about teams you don't root for. Yeah, that's why it gives you that emotionally conflicting moment against a team you have no, you have no dog in the fight over. This is what the sport does to you. It drives you to loading things the day you die. Yeah. But but I, I'm. Go ahead. I was say, but Alabama's win over Notre Dame was exactly what we'd expected because Notre Dame had absolutely, absolutely no business being in the, in the college football playoffs. If, if, even less so, or more so, in the, I don't know. Either way, they had even less of a reason to be in the CFP than Ohio State did. And I don't know what the, what the playoff committee was thinking. The, 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 it, you know what it comes down to? Notre Dame's win over North Carolina may have saved them because if they had they had lost to UNC, they would have had three losses to begin with, which would never would have done it. But the fact that UNC is good uh, saved Notre Dame's skin because losing to Clemson in that manner, completely in the ACC championship game, completely negated the win over Clemson by three points in double overtime in November. Yeah, it completely <laughs> negated it, and it also dropped from the fact that well, Trevor Lawrence wasn't there and. Well, he was there in the AC title game, and he pretty much taught you a lesson. So, yeah, look, <clears throat> Alabama had two of the Heisman finalists, and they had a receiver who won the Heisman the first time since 91. Yep. That offense is the definition of special. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they had Najee Harris, who's the continuation of the Bama running back tradition. Yep. They can do whatever they want whenever they want, and you can't do a damn thing about it. I'm with you. I don't think Ohio State really – Ohio State on merit of Clemson deserves to be here. On the merit of being in the playoffs does not. And here's my problem with Ohio State going into this game. They had the performance of the season against Clemson. I don't think they can replicate that, and they're going to have to to beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. 
You guys played the exact same game you did against Clemson to beat Alabama, and I don't think they can do it. I really don't. Uh, not at all. So I guess our official picks are then Alabama, uh, which gives me the perfect opportunity to go roll tide. Uh, yep. But all right, so let's move on now to the NCAA basketball tournament, which we are hoping to see played in March. And assuming it is played, uh, uh, COVID willing, uh, it will be played entirely in the state of Indiana, mostly around the Indianapolis area, with the exception of West Lafayette, which is not all that far from, Indi- from Indianapolis. It really is, and I've driven through it a number of times going to Chicago. So, when I told you they were playing this entire thing in Indiana, what did you think? I mean, it's not surprising. There's, I mean, they're trying. I guess they're trying to minimize, you know, minimize the being everywhere else in the country um, right. by having everyone in the exact same spot from everywhere else in the country. But um, frankly, missing two straight national, uh, you know, March Madnesses would be insane uh, to it think about. Would- it also would bankrupt the NCA almost. Probably. So it's like, obviously. Not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, it's not really surprising. I, I mean, I think it's the best decision given their, what they're trying to do. I still uh, still think there's a lot of things that could be done and that should be done elsewhere um, to, to help all of this. But, you know, that's, at this point, just preaching to myself. <laughs> In Indianapolis, they will use the Pacers Arena, the Bankers Life Fieldhouse, Hinkle Fieldhouse, and Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse is the home of Butler, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. I have no idea uh, what, uh, what, what building they are. Uh, Mackey Arena, the home of Purdue, and Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana, will be used as well. So, I, And I believe I also saw Lucas Oil Stadium, home of the Colts, will use that as well. Hmm. will be used well i don't know for sure if i saw that but i believe i did so yeah it it, and look if there's ever a state that's been associated with college basketball it's indiana if you think basketball odds are you're thinking of indiana so it just makes sense to play it there plus it's a fairly rural state so you can spread them out a little bit more indianapolis certainly has the capacity to hold 68 teams in hotel rooms they certainly have that plus as teams get eliminated, that number gets cut down. It, it, this is the best situation, I think, that they could have come up with to play this thing, hopefully. If we can get through conference tournament season and we can get to selection Sunday and we can get a field put together. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, this is the way to do it now. Yep. All right, let's move on to more uh, fervent debating. Uh, in the professional game, specifically professional football, because uh, I don't care about professional basketball as much, and neither do you. Uh, so let's jump right in here. There were rumors speculating that Cam Newton will be done in New England, or rather is done in New England, uh, with the inclusion of the Patriots season. So what do we think of the short-lived Cam Newton era? And I will, I will uh, wrap that together with this question. Review the Patriots season. You can take that whichever way you want, but it's the same basic question, I think. Hmm. Well, I think it was a it was it's a two a twofold, uh, two pronged uh, answer in, in 
one, his mentality with the team, and two, his actual play with the team. Um, the mentality, he, he seemed to, to buy into the team mentality from the start. It was a, all right, let's get in here, let's get to work, let's try to you know build these relationships with, with the teammates that I have very little time to do so with. Um, uh, and then, you know, him kind of understanding from the beginning as well that this is, and he said it himself that it was, it was a business trip. He doesn't know where it's going to go after this year, but he's in here doing you know the job he was hired to do. And then let's see what goes from there. I think he was what renting a place for the whole year. He didn't, you know, he didn't even take his family with him or something like that. I right. He didn't, yeah. He didn't take his family. I don't know. I don't know if he rented the place. I think he'll be stupid to buy a house. Yeah. yeah. A possible one year rental. <laughs> Definitely. But, uh, unless you really love Boston, <laughs> then again, um, not many people love Boston that much. <laughs> but so he 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 won me over that way because he seemed like he was he was really trying to to get this settled and build something, uh, and he still is sticking with the you know if we if I'm here next year, then you know we're going to continue to build and all of that stuff. Uh, things you kind of want to hear for the most part, but you know it's it, it's still nice to hear them. Um, I mean, gameplay wise, it was a, uh, it was kind of akin in a worse way to my couple years of picking Drew Brees as an, as a fantasy quarterback, where one week he might put up 40 points. The next week he's putting up five, uh, because you don't know what, what's going to be happening in the game. Uh, and, but Drew Brees, uh, it was more so a game plan. Like, are they going to be running a crap ton and he just doesn't need to throw? Or is he going to be throwing a crap ton? Uh, for, the New Eng- for New England, it was kind of the same. But but Newton was making a ton more mistakes uh, than what Drew Brees would have done in these. And, of course, I'm only making these connections because of my fantasy leagues in the past. And I had Cam Newton on my alternate league just, just because for a little while. Because, um, frankly, there weren't too many other ones in that league that I wanted. Uh I had Deshaun Watson too, uh, but we'll get to him. But uh, it was it was like all right. Well, you know, he puts up thirty two points, or you know, three hundred some yards, a couple touchdowns against Seattle, and who is now a playoff team. And then, you know, right after that week, wasn't he gets put on the COVID list? No, oh, that's that week was, after. the next game was the. The next game was Vegas, and then it was That's the right, Vegas. Did, yep. And then you know, he comes back. He plays like he'd forgotten how to play football. Uh, and it was just a big mess from then on. I mean, he, he – I, I don't know. He threw, what, 10 or 11 interceptions on the season, which, again, that's not horrible. That's less than an interception a game, but he also fumbled away a couple. Uh, but and he was, also had, like, what, four passing touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of rushing. He broke, he broke a lot of Patriots records that had stood for a long time. I mean, because – well, for the last 20 years, we had a quarterback who didn't run. <laughs> but um, so he, he definitely made a name for himself in some way, in a lot of good ways and some not so good ways. Uh, but he's there in the record books for probably a long while because uh, I don't think they'll get in a rushing quarterback for, for any time soon. Uh, see, who's the premier rushing quarterback in college? <laughs> who do we go after who do we go after you know, we, we will get to that okay we have plenty of time to get to that yeah so it was 
obviously we set up going, all right, if, if things go well, you know, we were picking, I think we had the Patriots at best ending 11 and five. Right. Uh, for the start of the season with, and we, and a couple of games they lost, we expected them to lose, but they definitely lost games that they shouldn't have lost. Denver, Denver. Denver they shouldn't have lost that first Buffalo game. They very no. well should have beaten them. Uh, uh, they should have shown up against the Rams. Yeah, they 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 spent all their points, their Los Angeles money in against the the Chargers, <laughs> and said, "All right, we're broke now." When they played, the and Rams. all they needed was one. All they needed was a single in Canadian football to win that game. Mm-hmm. So. They they under they, they got obliterated by you know forty ers team who has been really weird this year like they they just lost a bunch of weird <laughs> games yeah that that, that have lost. Game, I I tried to forget that game honestly yeah it was like what in the world's going on um and then of course and I mean it, the but they turn around the they beat, thing is... oh, oh go sorry. Ahead. sorry they turn around they beat good teams too I mean they beat. Ravens, which I mean, they're not the best team in the league this year by any means, but they're, they're still a playoff team. They're still a playoff team, and they're still they they still ended what eleven and five. Mm-hmm. And they beat a Cardinals team who was we ended ten and six or eleven and five. So they beat they beat some good teams, but they lost to some really bad teams. I mean, the Raiders ended up basically horrible. Uh, so that the Raiders the Raiders followed the exact same pattern they did last year. They go off to a good start and they lost for their last five. They missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same pattern, <laughs> which is really kind of funny. To yeah. be honest with you. Exactly. So it was a very weird, weird season, and they very well should have ended better. Uh, but it, it was just—it's disappointing in that way. But it's also—it's disappointing because it ended. Worse than it should have because we know that they should have beaten, uh, should have won a couple of those games. But it's also not as disappointing because I, it still could have been worse given that the entire team had basically no identity all season. We didn't right. know what this team was at all all season. I don't think Bill knew. I don't think so either. Scratch it. I know he didn't know. <laughs> it's like I, well, if Belichick doesn't know what this team is, that's a problem. Yeah. At any one moment, you didn't know what this team was good at. All we knew is that J.C. Jackson could pick off a ball. If it was in his direction, it was coming into his hands. And Nick Folk can, can make a 50-yard field goal. Yeah, and, 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 and Bailey can punt really well. Yeah. I mean, We've done that now. him and Olszewski, he, Olszewski and Slater were all, what, all pro uh, honors. Uh-huh. So special teamers. It was all special teams. It was the only thing that was if relatively that's decent. the only thing good about your team, there is a problem. Yes. However, <laughs> there is a very big problem. However, it's, you know, who better to have it than, than Slater, Olszewski, and Bailey? Right. Exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, Olszewski came in and he stepped in really quickly and, and took over uh, role there in, and did in, really in, well at it. In that loss to Houston, I listened to the Patriots radio broadcast, and Scott Zolak, the play-by-play man, was giving Olszewski the hairdryer. He was completely going off on him. He was just, like, calling him basically shitty. That's what he wow. was basically saying. And I'm like, Gunner can go to him and go, I'm all pro, man. Suck it. <laughs> He's shooting because I want you to fight. Yeah. And then, the, and then the guy turns around and returns two touchdowns, uh, you know, in a row. Of course, one of them calls back. So... 
So he he definitely he had he's speedy and he definitely can can be utilized that spot for for a while. Uh, so that's good. And then of course Slater is always someone you want to be to give him, you want to give him all the honors just because of 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 everything he's done. And you know nothing nothing better nothing says for the brand like a punter just. You know, well, you know, at the top of the league punter. I mean, what he he topped the league in average, you know, punting yards, right, or, or near the top. And well, the number of times the Patriots punted, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a for the brand moment, if, if I've ever seen one. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Pat McAfee, if he wasn't a diehard Colts guy, would be really proud. <laughs> oh boy. And of course, his dad rooted for the Pittsburgh. I'm going to say like he did Stillers. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy, but yeah, I, I I'm with you. I think Cam it was a mixed bag. It was good, bad. There was no identity. Uh, you, you felt like there were times when Cam was starting to figure it out. He turned the corner a little bit, and you go, okay, if he's if this is if this is sustained, there's something here. But as soon as he started making that corner, he made a U-turn, uh-huh. and he just went back to his, his old self, and it was mostly. In every broadcast I watched, the footwork was the problem. He wouldn't be set, and he'd be trying to throw into a tight window when it wasn't set. If you're throwing a deep ball downfield, which is what he did a lot of in Carolina, you can get away with not having the good footwork because you're just slinging it. If you're trying to fit it into a tight window on a crossing route, which is what the Patriots' offense is built around, you have to have good mechanics because you're trying to fit it into a tight hole. Accuracy becomes more important than, uh, than power. He's yeah. not a power. He's a power quarterback. If you use the baseball analogy, he'll hit home runs to strike out. He's not a good single hitter. Mm-hmm. The but the the one thing I can't believe I didn't think of that until now. The one thing that he wasn't that he was never bad at was avoiding a sack. Mm-hmm. He he was quite literally covered in butter all year because he he was. Can I get a, can I get top of that butter shipped to me? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, they Cam Newton, I can't believe he didn't get sacked, butter. <laughs> <laughs> he he made he made some insane sack avoiding plays. Uh, that frankly, that's 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 quite impressive. I mean, he definitely and he scored a few out of that too. So it was yeah, that was fun and, to see. Yeah, it was. All right, so one of the characters we uh, saw at the beginning of the season in what felt like cameo appearances. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm having coffee right now, and that may have come back to haunt me. Uh, <laughs> was Julian Edelman. And there has been speculation of whether or not his time in Ringman and the NFL is up. What says you? It's weird, because I've not seen any of that yet. Uh, however, um, I, I feel Do you like... question me? No, I don't question you at all. I just, I just normally see these things as well at some point, especially given these types of things. Uh, however, um, I, I feel like, I feel like he's got at least one more year in him. I mean, just based on, on the, the mentality he's he's kind of showing on, let's just say Instagram, for example. He he seems to got have that. Let's let's turn this around. One one we got one more time to do it. You know, mentality. It's like let's go. He he doesn't seem to have that. I'm done. 
feel to to anything he's he's doing on the interwebs that I can see. Um, and I definitely, I, I definitely don't think that it'd be, especially if you're you're starting starting a quasi rebuild at some in some way next year. I feel like it's important to have him around for that at least one more year. Because you need to, inst- you have to instill that leadership, that veteran leadership that he's going to give. Um, and so I don't know. I, I, I would hope the page, the organization doesn't say, ah, we don't want him anymore. Um, but with that also being said, if, if Edelman decides, hey, it's, it's time to call it quits, I mean, he's pu- what? He's pushing 35, already 35? Something like that. He's, he's up, definitely up there for a receiver. Um, Yeah, he's he'll be thirty five in in May. So, but next season, the start of next season, he'll be thirty five. Uh, and yeah, like I said, that is quite old for a receiver. Let's see, well, how long's Larry Fitzgerald? Because I think there was something about. I don't think he's confirmed it, but there was the oh, Fitzgerald's thirty seven. So, oh wow, he's three years older than Edelman. What? Whoa. Edelman came in the league in 2009. Yep. And Larry Fitzgerald came in in like 2005. Mm-hmm. How young was Edelman when it was Fitzgerald when he came in the league? That's a good question. Because, I mean, think about it. That's five years difference yeah. in, in NFL career length yeah. and only three years in actual age. I think he – so if he came in in 05, he'd have been 21 if, it, if he was drafted in like, you know – he was drafted in 05, he'd have been 21 because he was born in August of 83. Man, he's old. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for Edelman, if if it, he happens to go, yeah, this is, this is the way I want it. I don't think he wants to end his career on the way this season ended, especially the way the season ended with him not playing in it. Uh, no. I, I just I can't see Edelman going, yeah, this is the way I want to hang up my, my cleats. Uh, so I feel like he's got one more in him. Uh, but with that being said, if he does decide to call it quits, wh- I mean, what else is there for the man to accomplish? A Super Bowl MVP, three Super Bowl rings. What else? Uh, what else is there for him to accomplish except for you know leading the league in, in receiving yards and something, which I'm sure isn't something he cares about because you know rings. <laughs> d- 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 all right, let's assume he plays. Do you think he plays anywhere else besides New England? I, I wanna, I wanna hope not. I mean, I, we said the same thing with a lot of players, but I wanna hope not. I, I wanna feel like you've been with the team for this long and stuck through so many different things, plus your own personal problems. I feel like it just it wouldn't feel right. I don't know if he, I don't know if he would think it feels right, but I don't think it would feel right. <laughs> Something tells me a certain quarterback in Tampa is going to start calling him and go, hey, come and join the band. If if I'm Edelman, I'm going to look at them and say, you brought Gronk there and he's done absolutely nothing but beat himself up more. <laughs> nope. Sorry. It's like, no. No, Plus, thank you. The offense, is not, the offense is not designed for a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. A Bruce Arians offense is, is designed to think down the field first and then a check down. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of the offense in New England. Exactly. Now. Here's the point that I make. I'm on overthecap.com. And uh, if they were to cut Edelman before June 1st, 
he would the Patriots would save three point four million dollars in cap space. He would carry with him two point six million in dead money against the cap. And here's why that's important. Because the cap is either is either depending on how the league's finances turn out, which is why it was so important to play a full schedule because they got all the they got all the uh, TV money. Mm-hmm. Is that the cap is either going to go up a minimal amount to where it won't even be worth it, or it drops significantly with lost revenue from ticket sales. So if the cap goes down a significant amount, do you really look at a 34-year-old receiver trying to break in a new quarterback in all likelihood who is who has now proven himself to be injury-prone the last few years of his career when in a situation where you can save $3.4 million. Sounds like a Patriots move to cut him, doesn't it? I mean, it, yeah, it does. And that's a sad thing. I, I'm not happy about it, but, I mean, it, it, the facts are what they are. Yeah. He's also the second highest earner of the team. Huh. Behind Stephon Gilmore. Interesting. Right? And uh, so, it, and we've already seen how they've been – Rumors have put Stephon Gilmore at the end of the fishing line and just said, hey, anyone want to bite? Ooh, you got to so, be faster than that. Mm-hmm. So if they're, already, if, they're, if they're rumored to have been fishing uh, <clears throat> Stephon Gilmore, why would they not fish Edelman? Yeah. I, I don't know what his value is. Probably like a six-round pick, maybe. Seventh, maybe. But, or maybe just... Well, you can't trade cash in the NFL. That would make a lot of deals really interesting. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, I'll get like $85 million worth cap space for this guy. Brent, come here. <laughs> you know, but, but still, I mean, it's not, there's not much you can get for him anymore. He's 34. Yeah. If that, you know, it, 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 given given the two options, him playing, it, if the only two options, let's say, which obviously there were three options, but if the only two options end up being he leaves and goes to another team or he retires, I'd much rather see him retire because, like you said, if if for some reason Tom Brady and Bruce Arians call him up and go, "Hey, you want to come play?" He's gonna he's just gonna he's not gonna be utilized there and I feel like that's gonna defeat the purpose of continuing to play you and putting your body even more at risk. Um and not that he can't be utilized in other teams, but I don't know. I, I don't wanna say I understand yeah. the, the the player's thought process, but I just feel like that given everything he's been through, it if you're gonna play, you're gonna play with the team that you've been playing with for the last 10, 11 years. Here's the biggest selling point Florida has. No state income tax. That's the biggest selling point any team in the state of Florida, particularly Tampa Bay, would have. <laughs> and if you're worried about money after making as much as he has, you got a problem. Yeah. He's got plenty more things to pat see, his wallet after, a bank account uh, outside of football. See Deuce McGoat over here uh, trying to uh, – uh, he got a small business loan that he could have financed himself. Mm-hmm. That's his nickname, Deuce McGoat. oh boy I told you ratings don't matter I can say what I want now yep (laughs) alright we mentioned Deshaun Watson earlier and uh, he's got a new GM 
and just Jarvis have a Patriots connection. See, the Houston Texans are still trying to be Patriots South, but they've gone and done that at the GM level now instead of the head coach level. Nick Casario, from a Patriots player, director of player personnel, is now the general manager of the Houston Texans. This reportedly sent Deshaun Watson into a bout in which he has not answered any call from the organization and is reportedly telling his teammates he wants to trade. <laughs> All the... It is not... It is not to do with Casario's hiring, but rather the team told him he would have a say in the matter, and they didn't even ask him. Like, I, I still don't like. I get having certain players, you know, have some kind of say. Like, especially like Tom Brady, apparently may or may not have had things to say in in New England. I don't know, um, but I, I just don't know why you look at you know, Deshaun Watson or any any quarterback or any player really and go, hey, you have like a meaningful say in the hiring of a GM that is supposed to hire, help hire you guys essentially, or something like that. Uh, and do other, like, I, I get there's a, there's a, a certain level of, Hey, I don't want this guy coming in, but it, it's a weird c- conflict in my brain. I'm like, why? But at the same time, I, at the same time, if he was told well, supposedly that he would have a say and he doesn't get that say, obviously you have a right to be angry. Obviously, uh, I just I still can't wrap my head around exactly why he should ever have a say. Not just because it's not because it's Deshaun Watson. Let's make that clear. But because it's a player who is technically you know, uh, underneath all these guys. Not underneath, but a subordinate. What's a word that doesn't mean it? I'm trying to say it in such a non demeaning way. The chain like command every, flows down. Yes. Every way I say it, I'm like, this sounds demeaning. I don't mean it. I promise. <laughs> like, when I mean it, I mean it, but I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> this also involves the Texans head coaching search, which we'll get into in a little bit. The Texans, Deshaun Watson wants Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy yeah. to be his head coach. And the Texans have refused to talk to him. They did not request permission from the Chiefs to talk to him. He and they're the only team that has no claim that didn't do that. <laughs> that didn't and talk again, to him? Deshaun basically they didn't even interview yeah. him. Everyone else has talked to him except the Houston Texans. And here's the thing. I don't know how you and Texans ownership and even Nick Casario, who watched Mahomes and the Chiefs surpass the Patriots in the AFC can look at Deshaun Watson and not go, Eric Bieniemy would be the perfect marriage for this quarterback. Deshaun Watson just put up the second best season in the league this year on a 4-12 and team. Which is insane. <laughs> with, a, with, a, with an interim coaching staff, with an interim coaching staff and a defensive-minded head coach. And he didn't have DeAndre Hopkins, so they traded him, and Will Fuller screwed up and got himself picked off the team, uh, suspended uh, and his contract is up. Probably won't be back in Houston. Mm-hmm. So he did that without two of his star players, and he and he put up like thirty six hundred yards. He led the league in passing with over like forty three hundred yards or whatever. Yeah, the kid was amazing. He put up some points in my fantasy game. for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can anyone not look at that and go, "I want Mahomes' offensive corner. I want to unleash the power of Mahomes in Houston." Mm-hmm. How can anyone not go that route? I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I also don't, I also don't understand the Texans interviewing head coach before they hired the GM. Yeah, that that's a confusing 
situation because at like, that point the GM okay. should have a say in that. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were interviewing like Marvin Lewis and uh, some other guys before they even hired Casario. I'm like, guys, you ain't got a GM yet. <laughs> Build that role before you go hiring a head coach. Yeah. There's, but, I mean, they've got they'll they'll have something going for them in the near future. It'll take it may take a couple seasons, but I think there's definitely gonna be something going for them, especially if they end up getting the right head coach. Um, and you know, of course, now you gotta yeah, if they keep him. I mean, I I can't say too many bad things about Watson, except for I guess him kind of acting yeah. him kind of acting like a little bit of a spoiled child at this moment, but. Uh, just a little bit, not not a massive, but just a little bit. <laughs> um, but I mean, but gameplay wise, I mean, there's a lot of things he's done that's that have you know helped the Houston organization. So I, I think I think it'd be dumb to to let him go over something as stupid as this. I mean, and let's be it's kind of stupid. He's, tw- he's 25 years old. He just put up the second best season in the league. He's going to be an MVP at some point. You don't trade that guy. Yeah. I mean, and plus with the amount of money he's made, you you paid him. Right. Right. It's like, sorry, you don't get traded. Exactly. And, and, and I just got to saying the reason why. If you're going to trade him, this is the worst year to do it because the cap might go down and people look at that contract going, mm, that's kind of big. That's a big chunk of my cap. Yeah. I don't know about that. Deshaun, can we restructure your contract? No. Okay, bye. <laughs> So here's here's the okay. So you basically answered my question. Do you think Casario will do a decent job there? I I'm not even gonna lie. I have no idea of the exact role. Like I know the role he played, like his his title, but I have no real idea what that that role or that title plays. Like what role do they play in the organization? Um, but. Obviously, he's done it well to be there for 12 or 13 years in that role with this team. Uh, and if the Patriots didn't want him to be talking to people last year, you know, that shows how valued he was in the organization. Um, so all I can say is if the Patriots didn't want uh, – were stopping people from talking to him, they really wanted him. And so that means you're getting someone good. Right. Although the fact that they all of a sudden are like, yeah, okay, you yeah. can go. That kind of makes me wonder a little bit, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it makes you wonder if like they just got tired of fighting, or if they know that there's a a a bigger rebuild than we would think coming on, or 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 they have someone at house they really like. Yeah, or if they have someone else, they were like, "Listen, we can we can fill this role if you really want to go be the GM, go be a GM, or something like that." Right, and, and here's the thing. It, 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 when they filled this role, assuming their position doesn't get eliminated and they restructured the organization, which they probably won't, mm-hmm. they promote them within. They do not hire outside people. So there's got to be someone in that building that you go, okay, we, we're probably yeah, good. We trust them. So in the, uh, the Texans have a co- head coach opening. We're going to play a little bit of a game. We're going to play the ranking game. And actually, we're going to play two games. We're going to play a ranking, and we're going to pick some games at the end of this. So get ready for that. But uh, there are six head coaching jobs currently open in the NFL. I will list them, and then I will ask you to rank the jobs you want 
in uh, from the job you most want to the job you least want if you had a choice, if you had a chance to be an NFL head coach. They are as follows. The Atlanta Falcons, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the aforementioned Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the New York Jets. If there's a team that I would want to be the coach of out of those, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. They have got everything in place to be a contender, despite the fact that they had a really had a you know, less than optimal record this year. But they have everything in place to be a good team. They're the same record as the yeah. Patriots. So I mean, they even that's even with them getting whooped by the Patriots. But they, mm-hmm. I mean, especially being they didn't lose again yeah, after that. And they went on a roll, and that says something. Especially when you've got a a rookie who comes in probably not expecting that he would be starting so early. Uh, and taking over, breaking rookie records, um, which I believe the passing touchdown record he broke was owned by Baker Mayfield. So, haha, Baker Mayfield, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, coming in and, and they they did well given that situation. I think the – and then, of course, ending the season on, on four game-winning streak, you said? Yeah. I think so, yeah. That's, that's a good – that's a positive. Um I think, but given all that, that's the team I would want to pick out of all those first because they've got everything in place. And it kind of, it's a little less work for me to have to try to build more of that puzzle, uh, which is, I agree you with know, that. in a way, I'm a little lazy that way. However, um, it's still yeah. a challenge to make sure you get those right pieces to make sure that that's a competitive team. Well, they, well, well they've proven they have yeah. talent. They just have to find a way to put it all mm-hmm. together. The Chargers have never been a not talented yeah, team. Exactly. Um, in and I'll go ahead and jump from first to last. Um, I I have I would never want to be a New York Jets coach. I would never want to be in the New York Jets organization because I I don't think in especially in the last ten years they have any idea what they're doing as an organization at all. I'm so I have I want zero the, part. The, the word organization does not apply yeah. to them. That is that is a that is a, a company. Exactly. Is I, no I want absolutely no part in that organization or whatever. Um, for 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 one reason, in the fact that I'm biased and I absolutely hate the Jets. For two, for the second reason being that they literally have no clue what they're doing. They they would. The NFL would arguably would be better off not having them in those organizations. We probably would be a better organize. Uh, the- <laughs> no, no, we missed the comment. We missed the comment relief. Yeah, you're right. I would miss laughing at them every year. <sighs> here's a, here's another wrinkle to that to the Jets. Here's another wrinkle to the Jets uh, situation. Their owner Woody Johnson was the vice was the ambassador to the UK under the Trump administration. When that administration leaves office January 20th, he's coming back in. The oh, fold. my. Do you really want someone who's been out of your – who's been basically out of the loop for four years coming back in and trying to run your organization? Nope, but they're going to – Answer. They're probably no. going to do it anyway. <laughs> they're like, you know what? Yeah. Well, they got to – they got to hire a coach. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it's, I don't want to no. be there. So, no thank you to the to the Jets. Um Let's see. So then you've got let's see the Falcons, the Lions, yes, the Jaguars, the Jaguars and the Texans. Texans. Um, Texans, I think, would be that number two spot because of what we, all we were talking about. They've they've got something 
there's something there. Not as much as as something in place as the Chargers, I feel, but there's something there that's going that they can build in the next couple of years, and you just got to get those right parts. You got to get that right, you know, plan in place. So I think they're. Well, that was a perennial playoff team until this yeah. year. They would get kicked in the first round, but they still made the mm-hmm. playoffs. So those, I think they'd be number two. Um, I think. With Falcons, Jags, and Detroit, um, I honestly I don't I don't know about Detroit. It's it's been such a weird. I really haven't known what they. I, I've been stuck in this thought process with with the Detroit essentially since Stafford was was drafted, and not, this isn't necessarily against Stafford. This is uh, more so a. Uh, a team problem than a Stafford problem, but like I, I was always question when he got at, w- at the time when he got the the contract that was I believe the NFL's largest contract at that time. Um, I was like, why? And and my one of my former one of my former um, grad student uh, friends, well, he's still a friend. He, he, we were both grad students at the same time. He he made up the point that well, because even though he's not. He's not spectacular in a way. He's consistent with the team. You know, he's doing his job, and basically, it's a team around him that's kind of failing. Um, which then again, when I looked back at that, I was like, you know what? You got a point. Um, but when it seemed like the only thing consistent is the quarterback play, you've got a whole you got a whole lot more problems <laughs> to work around. And they and then of course, since Matty P was hired and now is out the door, they've not really been a competitive team. And it, well, they fired Bob Quinn, uh, the GM, too, so they yeah. cleaned house entirely. So, so until you know what direction they're going with GM, do you really want to, you know, do you really want to? Yeah, yeah. So with the, it's it's a really uncertain team. I I don't want to say that it's, I don't even want to say that it's dysfunctional in in a way that like the Jets. It's just a team. It is. But, but at the same time, it's more like a. I genuinely don't know what's going on, and I don't, and I don't know if it's that they know what's going on, and no one else knows, or if they don't even know what's going on. It's a really weird. It, it, but it's not to the level of the Jets in that I absolutely don't want to be there. But I think I'd probably put them at like right a, above the Jets. Like I would take them over the Jets for sure because they're dead last. But. I don't think I would take them over the Jags or the Falcons. Same. The, the Lions, to me, are an organization without direction. They can't figure out where they're going. And I don't know. I mean, this is an organization that hasn't won a playoff game since, like, I think before you and I were born. Probably. <laughs> it's, been... it's just not good. Mm-hmm. And here's why Matthew Stafford got that big contract. It was his turn. Whenever a new, whenever a quarterback comes, whoever the next quarterback in line is, no matter if you're a Tom Brady or a new or a or an average quarterback, you're gonna get your money because you're the next guy in line. And that's why Stafford got that big deal. Now, granted, Stafford has put up massive numbers. That team around him isn't good. Mm-hmm. And Stafford, it's the toughest dude in the league. Yeah. Stafford played with multiple injuries in a game that didn't matter a single yep. bit uh, this past weekend because he wanted to go out there and play. He's Matthew Stafford is the toughest bleep in the <laughs> NFL. Yeah, I mean, again, it's 
Finish that there's, bleep there's out. There's definitely not very many bad things I can say about him because he's came in, he's done his job since he's been in the league, and he has been that staple of consistency in that team, and there hasn't been much in it. So that says something for me. He, he comes in there, he does his job, he doesn't complain, and he generally does it quite well. So, um, so yeah, it definitely – uh, that, that's the one. That's the one thing I would be excited about working with if I was uh, someone who was coming in to that head coaching position. Uh, hey, although he, he is getting older, th- that is also true. He's got a lot of injuries too. Yeah, I mean, I sit there right, and, I, and I forget how long he's been in the league. Like I always forget. Oh yeah, he's already over. He's at thirty-two. He's he's been in the league for pushing ten years at this point. Like. Uh, he was drafted in 2009. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, it really has been that long. <laughs> so, like, I I, I mm-hmm. always forget, and I don't I don't know why. It's just I sit down and go, oh, he's still kind of young. And that wait a minute, <laughs> he's one of those players you take for granted until he retires, and you go, oh wait, what? Where'd the time go? Yeah. All right, let's round out this list. Three and four, Atlanta, Jacksonville. We will get you know. To- I would almost I would I think I would put Jacksonville first because I I I don't really I don't know exactly why I I think it's just like I I think it's the the sheer challenge of going oh yeah let's turn around a one loss team and see how that goes uh and then with Atlanta it's it's also like I mean if you replace the right people they could be doing something right because they blew a lot of leads in games that they could have won. So they, this season for them could have been much different. Um, so fixing that and you've got a, a competing team again, but at the same time, the challenge of turning around a one victory team. So I think, I think just for the challenge of turning around the one victory team with, with, with I don't even know what else is going on there is, is slightly more entertaining in a way, but I'll, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but, but you think yeah. either one of the, I think it's more of a, I could flip a coin and either one of them would probably be all right. There's still better options than the, than Detroit or New York. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I would put the, the Falcons first be ahead of the, ahead of the, uh, the Jaguars for this reason. Better organization. Arthur Blank has proven he cares about that team. I'm not entirely convinced Jai Khan really cares about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm just not. And here's the thing. I don't know if I'm going to be moving to London. You know? Jai Khan already owns a Premier League team. That's right. I totally totally forgot about that. He's tried to buy Wembley Stadium from the English FA. <laughs> it's got shot down when everyone in England got like, you can't sell the national stadium to this, to this man. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I just, I, there's so many things wrong with that organization. And really outside of that 2016 team that made the AFC championship game against the Patriots, when have they ever been competitive? I have no idea. When have the Jaguars been good? Yeah. Oh seven, they made it to the playoffs against the Patriots and lost because who didn't. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's like, okay, but yeah, I, I, I would put the Falcons in because it's a better organization that can get along with the I owner. totally forgot about the fact that, that, what, that he was trying to buy. Although, yeah, that's a good point. 
I, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> All right. So for our uh, story in place of one, we're going to play Pick'em. There are six wild card games this weekend. Is the NFL is calling it Super Wild Card Weekend for reasons no one quite understands. Uh, so dumb. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so we will start with today's games. We'll go to Saturday and we'll go to Sunday's games first up. In about an hour and 15 minutes from as I'm saying this right now, Colts, Bills, and Buffalo. Six, six 700 fans in Buffalo for the first home game for the Bills in the playoffs since the 1990s. Hmm. For, quick note if they're going to call it Super Wildcard Weekend, can I call the Super Bowl the Super Super Bowl? Since we're adding soup with everything? No. Aw. <laughs> I mean, it's as dumb as the Super Wildcard. If we're, if we're, if we're going to do it, we're calling it the Super Duper Bowl. Yes. Okay? Uh, you got, Get your you got Super Wildcard. You got Extreme Divisional. You got the Insane Conference, insane conference championship. championship. And you got the Super <laughs> Duper Bowl. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, if we're gonna make one wild, if we're gonna make wild card weekend sound stupid and less exciting, you might as well make everything else sound less exciting. However, I would love to play in a Super Duper Bowl. <laughs> Just have Super Bowl champions of like years past playing against each other again. Like, for... <laughs> All right, I think I might have killed him. <laughs> I drink all my coffee. I, cl- I can't clear my throat now. This be uh, okay, Buffalo, Indianapolis. Pick the game. Um, I mean, Buffalo's on a roll. I mean, I can't not pick them. Indianapolis is a really good Same. team this year, and Philip Rivers has done a good job since he's been there. Uh, but I mean, Buffalo's insane right now. I can't. You'd be you'd be crazy to pick pick against them. I agree. I agree with you 100%. S- excuse me. Second game today. Rams at the Seahawks. We believe it will be John Wolford at quarterback for the Rams instead of Jared Goff, though I have not seen it. I have no that. idea who that is. <laughs> He's their backup quarterback. He played last week when they beat a Kyler Murray less for most of the game Arizona team to make the playoffs. He played me AAF for San Diego. No, Arizona. Uh, and, yeah, he's a gunslinger, but it's going to Seattle. Yeah, I think it's 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 also crazy to sit down and pick Seattle uh, against Seattle. Um, I mean, even with Jared Goff, I would sit down and go, it's probably Seattle. But, yeah, Same. I, I got to pick Seattle. I'm with you. Last game today, Deuce McGoat and the Buccaneers against Washington. Chase Young says he wants him. He's going to get him. Yeah. Uh, does Washington have enough to win the game? I don't think so, but I'm going to sit here and say I would be. I am 100% going to be cheering for Washington to beat Tampa Bay. I don't think Same. it's going to happen, but this is the tw- this this is the end of the 2020 season. Um, uh, nearing the end of the 2020 season, so. It's still 2020. Anything can happen. <laughs> and, 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 and. Uh, I want Alex Smith to win a playoff game. As That as well. It's been far too long and for he him. He may or may not start tonight. There's been some debate whether others. I think he starts, but he may not play every snap. But still, for Alex Smith to start a playoff game after being told he could yeah. die two years ago, 
is the greatest story in the history of the league. And I will die Mm -hmm. on that hill. Games tomorrow. Rematch of last year's divisional round in a different location, though. The Ravens go to Tennessee and the Titans going to Baltimore. Does Lamar Jackson get his first playoff win ever? Um, I mean, I think I think it'll be a a, a close one, but I still got to wonder if Baltimore is going to figure out how to stop Derrick Henry. I don't think he can. I don't think anyone can figure out how to stop Derrick Henry. So I'm not convinced that the Ravens could be able to stop him um, this year, this time. I guess it's more of a can they stop somebody else and push the game more under, Derek, under Henry's shoulders. And I, and I don't think that's going to hurt Henry, though. That's my thing. It's no. like, if you're going to make Henry even more motivated to win this game by putting it on... He like, thrives on I, you, might be, you might be hurting yourself if you try to take somebody else out and make them rely on Henry. So, I, it's, it's a tough... It's right. an absolutely tough challenge because you stop Henry, or you try to stop Henry, he's going to run through you. You try to stop everybody else and make them rely on Henry, he's going to run through you. So really, it's how it's, badly it's do you pick want, your poison. Yeah, how the same badly poison. do you want to be ran through, and it's going to be badly regardless. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <laughs> like, much. Here's the thing: if I if I'm Baltimore, if Ryan Tannehill beats me, so be it. I mean, really, like I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill and going, "Yeah, I know you're playing well, but you got you know the best running back in the league in the last ten mm-hmm. years or so in the backfield. He's not beating me. You're gonna have to, my friend. Yeah. Good luck." You know, here's the thing, though. That game could be over in two and a half hours and how much Brooklyn's mm-hmm. done it. That game very well could be over in two <laughs> and a half hours. It starts at 105 tomorrow. We could be out of there by three. Yeah. 440. Top Bears at the Saints. And if you have a kid, this is the game that will be broadcast on Nickelodeon. And, uh, well... Not- that's just another thing the NFL, that the CBS and Viacom are doing, which is kind of fun, but also it's very wide. weird. V- very weird. I'll watch for pure curiosity's sake because I want to see how they put the broadcast together mm-hmm. to gear it to kids. But more to the game, what says you? <clears throat> I, I, pick, I want to pick the Saints, but also it's like I, I never really know what the Saints it's, – it's, it's a very weird thing. With the Saints, it's always a – you think they should win games and somehow they blow it, but they're also a 12 and 14. So it's like, it's very weird. Um, but I, I think I still want to lean with the saints. I'm with you. They're also a team that get, supposedly is going to get out with Tamara back this weekend and their entire running back core after the running back core missed last week's game against Carolina. Oh, and this might be Drew Brees last game with the saints lose period. Cause there's been reports suggesting that if the, uh, <clears throat> If if the Saints that when the Saints season is over, whenever that is, Drew Brees will have. And I also to a weird thing. I hadn't seen anything about that either. What have what have I missed? How have I missed this? Um, but I I believe it. <laughs> this is called me having time to sit on my ass all day, <laughs> and you working. This is why I know things. And you don't. You're actually earning a paycheck. Um, That's why. But I I feel like you know I still. As I am every year, this is the time where I join the Saints bandwagon uh, because <laughs> – especially if I don't have the Patriots to root for because I still want Breeze to win that other that, that next ring. Um, so, Saints, please win it. Breeze, don't retire just yet. <laughs> Let's go. 
Who that nation? Uh, here we go. The last game, the last game of the weekend, last game on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns, or I should say the COVID Browns, at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you have no idea what I'm referencing, the Browns are going to right? Oh, boy. Here's, here's what I'm referencing. The Browns have an outbreak in their locker room. They have six uh, players out and several coaches, including the head coach, as well as their offensive play caller. Going to Pittsburgh. No. Not good. Especially when you just beat... And the Steelers... The Steelers sat uh, Big Ben last week and other mm-hmm. guys as well. The Steelers didn't care about that game. They care about yeah. this one. And and when the Browns had barely beat the Steelers with all of that, then you're you're sitting there, you're asking to get beat. Um for all of those reasons. Even though Steelers have been a very weird twelve and four team, like they just doesn't don't seem like they've played like a twelve and four team this season. They haven't. It, they played like a ten they, and six team. If if you only if you lose by two points to a Cleveland Browns team and you didn't you didn't have most of your big playmakers out there, then I think that's something to be said for the playoffs. You 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 knew exactly what was going to happen uh, come the playoff time. So I I wouldn't I think Baker's going to get beat. Baker and the Browns are going to get beat in their first playoff game in God knows how long. Since two thousand two, be one and done, just like the Cincinnati Bengals of old. Oh, yes. The tradition persists in the state of Ohio. <laughs> getting beaten in the first round of the playoffs. See, this is what we have to do. If the Browns lose, you have to make a strange planet. You have to post a strange planet thing. The ritual persists. The, ritual, the ancient ritual persists. <laughs> I can remember the ancient <laughs> I forget, not, but, but yes. I feel like it definitely should be ancient if it isn't. Because <laughs> at this point, it's ancient. Me too, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh boy, oh boy! So there's there's your uh, there's your wild card weekend picks. Can I get a Super Bowl pick out a of you? Super Bowl pick, huh? Let's see. You don't have to give me the score. Just give me who you think will be there and who wins. So I'll tell you. So I'll tell you score. who I want to be in there, and then I'll tell you who I think might, or who I think could be in there. Uh, one, I, right. I'm gonna, I'll stick with it. I still want New Orleans to go and win. I, they, they are exactly who I want to win. Um, and simply because it's New Orleans, I don't think that's gonna happen. So I'm gonna <laughs> stick with Seattle. I think I've kind of been on their train all year with they, they are a Super Bowl contending team. I think they'll they'll be the ones to make it uh, for the NFC, um, but I definitely want the Saints to make it. Um, and for the AFC, uh, hmm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that in its own week. I'm gonna say also who I want to make it. I I think in a in a weird fashion, I kind of want Tennessee to make it. Uh, simply, simply because of Derrick Henry, I think I, this, it would, it would just, it just wouldn't feel right if he didn't end up winning a Super Bowl ring. So I think I would want Tennessee to win, but I feel like the Buffalo's on so much of a roll that they're, they're going to steamroll through 
AFC. I, I, I feel like that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to say I want New Orleans versus Tennessee. and But I think it's going to be Seattle and Buffalo. That would be a fun game. Both those would be fun yeah. for that matter. But I, I, I want New Orleans to do it as well for the same reason you do. I want Drew Brees to get a second ring. I'm also weary of the fact that this is a Saints team that has played well, but it's had games where you just go, uh, what? And those mostly happen after January 1st. <laughs> and that is a yeah. problem. Uh, so uh, in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers would seem to beat to me. Plus, they have home oh crap! Game. I totally forgot about the Packers. And the Chiefs are sitting up there because they don't have games this week. I just scrolled past them. But do, do you do you know what the average temperature in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, is in January? Too cold. Nine degrees. <laughs> uh, I'm just sitting here totally forgetting about the I, one seeds and the, the freaking game. You know what? I still stand by my statements because, you know what? <laughs> I I I don't I don't I don't I don't believe in a Kansas City team making the Super Bowl two times in a row. <laughs> just cause I'm sticking with I'm sticking with it. <laughs> we need to insert because need to insert the uh, the meme I took that personally with Aaron Rodgers uh, <laughs> when you didn't take the Packers make out of the NFC. <sighs> I took that personally. <laughs> uh, oh. We're starting to think of memes now. This can become very dangerous. <laughs> very. <laughs> Uh, I like scroll. Oh, I'm not boy. kidding you. I uh, scrolled right past. I look. I'm looking at the playoff schedule on ESPN. I scrolled right past the bye weeks, and I was looking just straight at the 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 six games going on. I was like, oh, that's it. Those are the six games because we're used to there being basically, you know, four games. So I'm like, oh, this that's that's all the games, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's funny. <clears throat> uh. I the the Packers. I get uh, yeah. hmm. who am I going to take the from the from the AFC. I want to say the Chiefs because I don't know who can stop them. But the Bills, you know what? I'm going to go Packers-Bills. I'm going to go Packers-Bills. Because that Bills team is good and they're motivated. Yeah. And if all we have to do is go to Kansas City and win, I wouldn't put it past them. I agree. I really wouldn't. Because here's the thing. Josh Allen can get in a gunfight with Mahomes mm-hmm. and win. Everyone else in the AFC is bringing a knife to a gunfight when they go up against Mahomes. Josh Allen's coming fully loaded. Oh, definitely. It's going to be, it's going to be, so it's not just going to be gunfight versus gunfight. It's going to be rocket launcher versus rocket launcher. That's what that's going to be. You no, know, no, you know what it is? It's one of those good old fashioned naval battles with battleships with like 16 yes. guns. That's what it is. It is two naval armadas going back and forth. Cannot disagree with that. Enter Bismarck. <laughs> Six the hood. <clears throat> Isn't it sad that I think of a German ship before I think of an American eh. ship? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> I've also got a shirt that's for a sabaton that says Bismarck on it, so I'm forgiven for thinking about yep. that first. Uh all right, that's our show before one of us ends up laughing in the point where we can't speak anymore. <laughs> uh, because I know we'll do that at some point. Uh, this has been Scientific Coaching. What number are we on? Like 34? Oh, 72. 30. Still, what? 
Feels, <laughs> feels like it. See, we're going to be like, uh, we're going to be like one of those weird time warp shows where we'll name an episode like 73, then 52, and then <clears throat> 84, and then 155, and then 87, and then back to 209. <laughs> It'll just be weird. But this has been scientific coaching number whatever. You can look at it when I post it. Uh, <laughs> for Darren, I'm Lucas. Darren, take us home. Adios.